Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sermon Notes. We're looking at Matthew chapter 11, verses 1 to 19 today. It's the narrative of John the Baptist asking Jesus whether or not he's the Messiah. And this passage, 1 to 19, can be divided into three sections. And let's look at those three sections. The first section is the question that John the Baptist gives to Jesus. Are you the Messiah or should we wait for someone else? And it's Jesus' answer that he gives them. The second part of this uh, passage, 1 to 19, is Jesus giving an evaluation of John, who he is, what he's all about. And then the third section is an indictment against the generation that Jesus finds himself in. The verses, well, this is verse 1, 2, verse, the end of verse 6. And the, uh, that's, so that's the question of Jesus being the Messiah and the answer. And then verse 7 down to verse 15. That's the evaluation portion of John the Baptist. And then uh, the last section, this indictment section against the generation, well, that's verse 16 to 19. We're going to focus, first of all, on this beginning piece here, the question that John the Baptist, from his dungeon below the palace of Herod Antipas, the son of Herod the Great, who John had criticized, saying that his marriage to his uh, brother Philip his marrying his brother Philip's wife, that was unlawful. And so John the Baptist is been thrown into that prison. Well, let's look at this uh, question a little bit closer. Verse 4 says, Jesus told them, Go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. Those two words, those verbs are very important as you look at this passage. Two verbs, heard and seen. Why are they important? Well, the first, heard, brings us back to Matthew's, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5 to 7. And that's the Sermon on the Mount. Those are the teachings of Jesus here in Matthew up to this point. And so when Jesus says, go back and tell John what you have heard, Matthew wants us to remember what he's placed here in his, um, in his Gospel, the teachings of Jesus, that Sermon on the Mount but not only what they've heard, but also what they've seen. Well, that's chapters 8 and 9, the miracle passages. That's where we see all of the miracles that are listed in verse 5. They're all there in chapter 8 and 9. There are a couple of extra miracles, like the um, exorcism of a man who has a demon. Uh, that's an extra miracle. Uh, the woman who is uh, issuing uh, blood, she, that she is healed. That's an extra miracle that is in verses, chapters 8 and 9. But here in verse 5, we see all of the miracles listed here are in uh, what the disciples of John have seen. So, heard and seen. Verse 4, go back to John and tell them what you have heard, chapters 5 to 7, and seen, chapters 8 and 9. This kingdom work of Jesus Christ is giving evidence to the reality that he is the Messiah. And now Jesus is going to um, quote from uh, Isaiah. 
uh, verse 5 is filled with all kinds of Isaiah. What's really important here is that Jesus is specifically answering the question, are you the Messiah? Yes, I'm the Messiah, he says, because of what I've taught and what you've seen. And what you've seen is directly out of that Old Testament era, which was an era of promise, looking forward to when the kingdom of God would come, and that promise of the kingdom of God coming through the Messiah, that the Messiah would bring about these um, kingdom realities on earth. Well, if Jesus is using that old era language of prophecy, in order to establish himself as the Messiah, he must be saying that he's the one that's fulfilled that Old Testament promise. And if he's the one who is the fulfiller, then yes, he is the Messiah. Let's look closely at the fulfillment uh, of this old era promise. Okay. We're going to start by looking at verse 5. Let me go ahead and erase this board first so we can start to put out some of these Isaiah passages. Okay, so I've gone and written out the miracles of verse 5 from Matthew chapter 11 here on the board. The blind will see in this messianic age, in the age of the kingdom, the era of fulfillment. Yes, the blind will see. The Messiah is the one that's going to usher in this kind of kingdom, God, kingdom of God work. In that time, the lame will walk. What time? The time of the kingdom of God, the time, the era of fulfillment. The lepers will be cleansed. The deaf will hear. The dead will be raised. The good news will be preached. Well, beside this, I've written out that old era promise language coming from Isaiah so that we can see what Jesus is doing here. He is saying, that that Old Testament, Old Era promise language is fulfilled through him. And since the looking forward time is completed in Jesus, he must therefore be the Messiah. That's his answer to John. His proof is in what he has spoken through the uh, Sermon on the Mount, and his proof is in what he has done. He went about doing these miracles in order to establish himself and his kingdom. Yeah, both of those things. The kingdom of God has come. It is real and it continues. And Jesus is that Messiah that ushers in the kingdom and makes that kingdom real. And he has done that through his very real miracles. That's why it's so important for us to believe that the miracles of Jesus were real. They weren't just metaphorical, and he wasn't just speaking in spiritual tense only. He actually accomplished these things because the kingdom is real. That real kingdom of heaven has come to earth. It has broken in. And so where Jesus is, that's where heaven is. That's where the kingdom is. And what we see and have looked at in Matthew is that everywhere Jesus goes, his kingdom is established. And that continues through us now in the church. So if we look at each of these Isaiah passages, and we won't have time to look at every single one of them, but there are a couple I want to point out, we will see how Jesus fulfills that old era language, and in the fulfillment, he proves he's the Messiah. Let's look at a couple of those. Isaiah 29. Turn in your Bible to Isaiah 29 quickly. 29 verse 18. I love this passage because it is uh, so 
powerful how it brings out both that the blind will see and uh, that, excuse me, and that the deaf will hear. So two of our, uh, two of our miracles, number one and number four. Many years before that, Isaiah wrote this, a promise about the kingdom of heaven time, the Messiah ushering this in, in that day, the deaf will hear words read from a book. That's amazing. And the blind will see through the gloom and the darkness. Oh, there is so much that's going on then when Jesus says, go tell John what you've seen. I actually healed somebody who was blind. I am therefore, Jesus is saying, the fulfillment of that promised age that would come. The kingdom of God is now. I've got a sneeze that I'm fighting off. And it is gone. So the next uh, passage I want to point out is this Isaiah uh, passage, Isaiah 35. Sometimes Isaiah 35 is referred to as the Isaiah apocalypse. Yeah, bringing about that end time language of, um, uh, from Isaiah and that kingdom of God time for Isaiah. As Isaiah 35 is a very important chapter. It really is a chapter that speaks to this kingdom come age, uh, the time when God will restore what is broken. And so we see wonderful verses like this, Isaiah 35, 1, even the wilderness and desert will be glad in those days. You get this sense of restoration. The wasteland will rejoice and blossom with spring crocuses. And it's in this uh, passage that is certainly speaking to God's time of fulfillment, fulfilling the promises from the uh, the age, the era that was looking forward to. Well, it is fulfilled in Jesus. And here uh, in verse 6, we see uh, the promise of the lame walking. And verse 6 says this, the lame will leap like a deer. You can really picture that, can't you? Especially if you've ever been out in the woods and seen a deer leaping. Uh, I've been able to see uh, springbok and antelope and other uh, gazelles springing out of the grasses in Africa and it's just so delightful to see the the life in the springiness <laughs> that comes out of those deer well that's going on in verse 6 the lame will leap like a deer and those who cannot speak will sing for joy look at this continues on springs will gush forth where in the wilderness and streams will be watered in the wasteland Oh boy, you can really see that end time restoration in this, can't you? You see the fulfillment of it in the time of Jesus Christ. He is the one that makes the deer leap that was lame, leaping. We can also see that this passage scopes forward to the end time when Jesus will come again. There's a lot of revelation that's going on in here as well. When we think about the river that runs forth from the throne and comes out eastward to the wilderness and the desert place, and, uh, and it irrigates the, the desert into a lush place, even turning the Dead Sea, salty as salty can possibly be, into a fresh lake filled with living fish. Wow, that's a wonderful fulfillment in the sense of being completed when Jesus comes again. Yeah, uh, The sense of what's veiled now 
will be completely revealed. Well, a lot of that's going on in Isaiah chapter 50, uh, 35, which is why sometimes it's called the Isaiah Apocalypse, that passage. Well, uh, look at all of these uh, passages, would you, in your uh, growth groups this week. Read all of these Isaiah passages and see just how uh, Jesus, in answering John's question, establishes himself as the Messiah, the one who brings about the era of fulfillment that we live in now. So then finally, I just want to draw our attention, because I didn't have time in our sermon, I want to draw our attention to two more things. The first is verse 6, which says, And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. That's right at the end of, the, um, of that first chunk where Jesus is giving an answer to John as to why he is the Messiah. And he says at the end of that, he adds this, which is not, <clears throat> um, in other words, coming out of this list of Messiah work. But he says this, God blesses those, it's like the Beatitudes, isn't it? God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. Uh, this is, I think, uh, pass, a, a verse that um, he may be speaking to John about and saying to John, don't fall away because you had expectations on me to act like a different kind of Messiah. Maybe the military Messiah, right? Maybe the governmental Messiah. Maybe the one that would speak out a lot and revolt against the Herods and revolt against uh, Caesar, uh, revolt against the, um, the religious leaders, the Levites of the time. That's certainly going on in the Micah passage, Micah 3. Sorry, Malachi, not Micah. Malachi 3, um, which when John the Baptist is the one that's coming ahead, the messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare the way before you, well, there's a lot of indictment against the Levites and the generation of that time in Malachi. So John might be wondering, Jesus, when are you going to do those things? And so it's possible here in verse 6 that Jesus is saying, don't fall away on account of me, on account of my Christ's work, what I am going to do. And so I want to encourage us as we're reading this and as we're thinking through this, to not become part of this generation that is indicted by Jesus at the end, and that's the second thing I wanted to share with you today, second final thing. Uh, don't fall away because we have expectations on Jesus to act in a way that is different than what he's already showed us he's going to do. He's going to do his Christ work. He's going to fulfill that. And so this, uh, this coming year, I want to encourage us not to fall away because of who he really is. Uh, so then finally, this uh, what we didn't have time for in the sermon, verse 16 to the end, is this chunk of passage that's all about the indictment of the generation. Let's read it. To what can I compare this generation? It is like children playing a game in the public square. They complain to their friends. We played wedding songs and you didn't dance. So we played funeral songs and you didn't mourn. For John didn't spend his time eating and drinking, and you say he's possessed by a demon. The Son of Man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard, and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. That's where we kind of get this uh, idea that it's possible John was thinking in those terms as to the question of whether or not you are the Messiah. But wisdom is shown to be right by its results. Oh, I love that, Jesus. That is so good. 
the results, the proof is in the pudding. Here we see it, the pudding in front of us. Jesus fulfilling the old era promise. And since he is fulfilling those, he's the Messiah. What we should do is not be that generation of children playing around, wondering why God isn't doing things exactly the way we want him to. And instead, be ones who press in on what he's already showed us we can expect him to do, his Christ work. Pray that encourages you as you look at this passage today.